Welcome to the Enlightening Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Hamblin. And I'm your co-host, Ashley Schultz. As moms who are currently in the thick of raising kids with big emotions, we know firsthand how challenging their intense behaviors can be. And that a little support can go a long way. This is a non-judgmental community that was created for you or any mom who's feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, or stressed. Each week, either Emily or I will share our experiences, offer practical tips, and interview experts in the field so you can be empowered to help your children with their challenges. Join us as we help you enlighten motherhood. Hello, everyone. This is Ashley. Yay, I am happy to be back recording an episode. I took a bit of a break during the summer here in Arizona where we live and in the United States. I find that when I have all of my children home and it's summertime and there's lots of needs from for them or from them um, of me and lots of big emotions, it's really hard for me to uh, take the time or to find the time to do a lot else other than have my attention on them and get bare minimum stuff done. So we're, they're back in school now here in Arizona. We start a little bit earlier and I'm happy to be recording again. But I want to go back to summertime for a minute and I want to get a little bit real with you in case you are in the same situation. I want you to know that you are not alone. So you might still be in the trenches of summer and maybe your kids haven't gone back to school yet and uh, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom or a work-at-home mom um, or even if you're not just summer can be really hard because there's not that structure of school um, routines are different and for that for my kids um, that combination is good in some ways but mostly it's really hard because they really thrive with that structure and expectation and there's a lot of contention between them and they need time apart and then to come together to be able to play better together than if they're together all the time. So for me personally, I got to a place of overwhelm and exhaustion and I really felt very burned out. And I know all of the tools that we talk about here on the podcast and I just kind of felt like the effort was just too much, even though I know those tools help and I completely stand by them and know that when I use them, that they work. But I was just so drained, um, just mentally, emotionally, even physically at times, going to the pool and being in the heat all day in this super hot weather that we have here in Arizona. And I just felt like this is just... It's too much. I just can't do this right now. Um, I fell into the trap of labeling my kids just in my mind. Of like this one always, he teases all the time. He's an instigator. He just won't leave his siblings alone. And he's causing all these problems. And that's not a helpful mindset to have. But I found myself falling into that trap. Or the very unhelpful thought of this is just how it is. And it's not going to change easily, so I will just have to wait until they're a little bit older and a little bit more mature, and maybe it can happen organically combined with me emotion coaching them. 
But the thing about that is my brain was finding evidence to support this this theory. And I was stuck in this place of negativity. And I was overwhelmed due to my brain believing that this was not going to change anytime soon. So shifting my own thinking was huge. And that's just a really big part of it. As we know, and as we talk about on this podcast, I know Emily talks about that a lot, about mindset. And I've always believed that. And I, I believe all the things we share, like behaviors, communication, and kids do well when they can. And putting my kids in this box of this is how they are, it was very constraining. And it doesn't allow them to evolve, you know. And even talking to friends and saying to my friends, my kids have really big emotions. There's these explosive behaviors. Uh, They're just quite a handful. It was giving my brain evidence to stay in this thought pattern. But luckily, Emily coached me and we made it through. And I'm really grateful for her help. And even just a little bit of talking with her and applying the tools that she suggested um, just kind of helped me be able to step back and see things for what they were rather than kind of being in the forest and not being able to see the trees, you know. Um, So that was really helpful for me. But if you are still in this place and it feels difficult and draining and you feel guilty for having negative feelings and guilty for wishing that school would start so that there could be more structure um, and that you can just have time to breathe and have a little more clarity of mind. I just want you to know that you're not alone. And even there was one day when I was just crying in my closet and just felt so awful. Um, But I made it through that day and you will make it through too. Um, Reach out to a friend if you can. Listen to uplifting podcasts and Really, if you um, join Emily's Mastermind, there's so much good information there and so much support. And if you would be coached by her, it's amazing. It really helped me out a lot. And also just a side note that her summit is coming up that she has so carefully curated and put so much work into. And it is support for moms or parents who are parenting kids with extra big emotions and it is going to be amazing. I'm super excited for it. To check out the summit, go to emotionallyhealthyfamilies.com and you can register there and it's free and there's so many good resources there and we will put that link in the show notes as well. So today I want to talk about ways that you can help diffuse anger in your kids quickly. So the best and most effective way of course is to stay calm yourself. You hear a lot about that on this podcast. I know Emily really talks a lot about that, which is amazing. It's definitely the best way. As we know, the emotional contagions that we put off, our kids feel those. It affects their moods. It affects their behavior. And especially our highly sensitive kids. So sometimes just staying calm ourselves is going to help diffuse the anger or at least not intensify it. Other times, our kids need us to help them calm their big emotions. Even though we're staying calm, we need to do a little extra to help them out. So here's some things that you can try, and you may already be doing some of these things, but these are just some things that help out in our family 
that I've been using with my kids and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, but it's just more tools to put into your toolbox that you can try out. So one that I have implemented recently is telling my kids, when you feel angry or upset, come find me and give me a hug instead of throwing something, instead of hitting your brother. Just find me and give me the biggest, tightest hug that you can give me. And maybe because it's novel, like a new idea that my twins, my twin six-year-old boys especially, have really picked up on that one. And they seem to like that quite a bit, especially my one who his love or his primary love language is physical touch. And so he loves hugs anyway. So this one really speaks to him. And I see him sometimes coming to me. Well, he's like shaking his fist in anger, but he will run over to me and just give me a big hug. So that one is a is has been helpful for us. The second one is compliments over the top when you see behavior that you want to see. And this is nothing new. I'm sure you're doing it anyway. But it was just a reminder to myself. Sometimes I just need to remind myself of these things like, okay, they're actually doing great at that. Don't don't just not say anything. Make a big, huge deal about that thing that they're doing kindly or they listened quickly the first time or they didn't throw the thing. They were mad, but they didn't throw it. So then I'll point that out and say, I am so proud of you. I could tell how upset you were. You were so angry, but you chose not to throw the toy across the room. Like that is progress and I'm really proud of you. Um, number three is reading to them. It sort of helps them reset, I have found. So my kids like, my younger ones like me to read to them. And sometimes when they're mad, I'll just grab a book and I'll say, hey, come here, just sit by me for just one minute. I know you're mad. Like you don't have to even sit near me. I'm just going to read this book. And if you want to listen, you can listen. Sometimes they're too upset to engage, but a lot of the time that will be the thing that will help them reset and they'll, it'll help them calm down and regulate. And then after we read the book together, that's when we can um, talk about the issue that was happening at the time and about their feelings about it. Number three, one-on-one -on -one time and expressing love in their love language. So in the moment... I mean, it's good to do all the time, but even in the moment when uh, they're upset, if you can get them to a point where you can pull them aside and say, hey, do you want to spend some time with me right now for a few minutes, just the two of us? And then that could even be like what I just said with reading the book, or it could be, let's just sit down here for a minute. I'll tickle your back for just a minute if physical touch is their love language, for example. Uh, even turning on a song and listening to like a peaceful song or their favorite song and just sitting next to them, that might kind of help reset as well. But it's that one-on-one -on -one time connection time together. Now, I know this is not always possible when you have more than one child. Uh, believe me that the struggle is real with that over here at our house with five children. But if you can make it happen, it it can be very helpful. And I've seen the benefits of that with my kids. Number five is give them an opportunity for a redo. With several of my kids, they have that perfectionist, all or nothing thinking, where it's like, oh, I messed up. There's no coming back from it. It's all done now. I may as well not even try. 
and they kind of spiral in this really negative spiral and they get very discouraged. So when I give them an opportunity for a redo, that is very helpful. And I know Emily mentioned that on a recent episode as well. But this is something I've been doing with my kids for a while where I just ask them, hey, I bet maybe you didn't want to respond that way. Would you like a chance for a redo? And then sometimes they will take me up on it and say, yeah, I want to redo. Or sometimes they're too mad in the moment. But then even like my 10-year-old will come up to me later, maybe like 10 minutes later and say, mom, can I have a redo? I didn't really mean that. I just want to start fresh. And I will let him do that. Uh, Sometimes there's still a consequence for our actions. Like there might be a natural consequence if they throw something and break it. They still have to pay for it or they still have to clean it up. Uh, but I do give them the opportunity to redo it the way that they wish that they had do it, had done it. And I try to do that for myself as well. And that comes in the form of repair. And going up to my kids and saying, you know what, I really would like to have a redo. I wish I hadn't done it that way. I wish I hadn't yelled. I'm really sorry. Will you forgive me? Could I try doing it the way that I wish I would have done it? And that models for them that we don't have to be stuck in this certain way. We can um, change it and we can move forward and, and we can see how we wish we would have done it and then do better next time. The number six is listening intently to understand. I mentioned in the summer I felt really overwhelmed and sometimes when I get in that overwhelmed mode, um, I just kind of want to turn it off. Like I don't want to listen intently. I don't want to listen to all the fighting and the the contention and the anger. Um, I have found that for myself, I am more of an introvert and I need, or like somewhat of an introvert, but for me to recharge, part of that is quiet and time alone. And there's not very much of that in the summer at our house. Um, but just reminding myself, listen intently, like seek to understand what is really happening here. And that will resolve it quicker than just like, okay, I need a break. I'm going in my room for 10 minutes, um, which sometimes is so, so crucial. And I do it a lot. But also sometimes just taking a deep breath and saying, okay, I want to truly understand what is happening here. Please tell me and I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to listen to both sides and I'm going, let's work through this together. So that's more of a a reminder for myself, I guess. Okay, number seven is to model what you want to see in your kids. So it might look like, I feel upset right now. I'm kind of angry. I can tell my heart's racing and I just need to take a minute to myself. Uh, to maybe write down my feelings or I just need to exercise for like five minutes or I need to listen to music for a few minutes, whatever it is. But you can verbally state what it is to your child and so that when they feel upset, they know that those are things they can draw on. They can say, I just am going to take a minute to myself. And I've had my kids do that before and I'm proud of them. I'm like, okay, they can see that they need just a minute to regulate and sometimes that's with me with me helping them and other times they're learning how to do it on their own as well like they might just step in the other room 
They might want to color for a few minutes. They might want to read a book on their own. My daughter likes to do that. Sometimes when she's upset, she'll go find a book. She loves to read. Uh, she'll just get a chapter book and just read on her bed for a few minutes. And then she'll come back. And that's her choice. And then she's more regulated. Okay, number eight is to focus on and highlight their strengths and call them out. So you can do this even when they're angry. You can say to them, oh, you look really angry right now. I can tell that you're really upset. You know what? One thing that I've noticed is that even when you're upset, you still are really kind. Or the last time you were upset, you didn't throw anything. And that is so amazing. I bet you can do that again. You're really working on that and I notice that in you just things like that that can kind of um, lift them up even when they're in that fight flight or freeze mode and it might not always work but it is um, something to try and sometimes that works with my kids okay number nine is to validate their feelings uh, restate their feelings to them so this is name it to tame it is what um, Dr. Tina Bryson calls it but sometimes naming the emotion helps them to calm down, actually. So just saying what you see. I see that you're really upset right now. You look really tense. You look really angry right now. You look really frustrated. What does that feel like in your body? I, I recognize it in you. I know that you're going through this, and it's probably hard. I'm right here with you, those kinds of things. Okay, number 10 is take the time to talk through it and let them retell and this is worth the time up front so I kind of touched on that a little bit earlier with um, taking the time to really listen intently uh, but this one is letting them talk through what happened and it's a way for them to process it and let them retell it so sometimes when my kids are fighting a lot I need to separate them and I'll do one at a time other times they're both there together with me, but I listen to each side and I let them tell it in their own words what happened and the other one needs to give them the space to tell their version and then the other one will get a turn. Um, and it takes time and when there is a lot of fighting like there is in my home with my children, they, there's a lot of contention and it's, it just is very frequent. Um, sometimes I get feel burned out on this, like okay, this is like the 10th time we're doing this today. <coughs> Excuse me. And I just kind of am done with it. You know, like I don't want to coach them through another challenging uh, dispute. Um, but when I do take the time to do it, it is always worth it. My husband is like the master at this. He's so good at just having the patience. He can sit there and talk with him for an hour about, okay, now tell me about your side. Now tell me about your side. Okay, now what can we do differently? And he just goes through the whole thing. And maybe it's because he comes home and he's been at work all day, but he hasn't been with the kids all day, but I have. And so by like number 10 or 15, I'm just like, ah, I am done having this conversation, you know, but I'm trying to have more patience to just work through it like in full so that um, they can get all their feelings out and they feel like their feelings are validated. So number 11 is to know your child, to try to get ahead of explosions. So 
I was at a birthday party a while, like a few weeks ago, and I was talking to, actually Emily was there, and I was talking with her in my friend's kitchen, our friend's kitchen, and one of my kids, um, one of my twins, couldn't find a spoon and needed a spoon for what he was eating at the party, and I could tell he was starting to get a little bit worked up, like it wasn't full on there yet, but I could tell, uh, so... I just stopped what I was do stopped the conversation and just found a spoon as quickly as I could. It just okay, here's a spoon for you. Um, if I had just kept talking to Emily and just sort of just a minute, I'll be with you in a minute, that would have turned into a full on explosion. I know it would have because I've seen it happen before. So just trying to get ahead of it when you can, when you know that it's coming, uh, just being mindful of it and attentive to those kinds of things. Uh, number twelve. You can use silliness and play to dis to diffuse anger quickly. And it's amazing when it works this way. So one time I was um, driving home from something and I had my kids with me. My husband wasn't with us, but I had all five kids. And two, I think it was two, I think it was my twins um, became very dysregulated and especially one of them to the point where he was trying to open the car door while I was driving and uh, he was just really upset. I couldn't keep driving. It wasn't safe. He had unbuckled. I think he might have been throwing something. So I pulled into the closest parking lot and as soon as I stopped the car, he got out and he started running through the parking lot and I chased him and I scooped him up in my arms and I spun him around and I tickled him and it was amazing. It dissipated his anger so quickly and it turned the entire situation around and I was able to then reason with him. He gave me a huge hug, told me that he loved me and was willing to buckle right away. And that was just from being playful and silly in a stressful time that happened to work for him. And he also is one who loves physical touch. So maybe that was part of it as well. So you could try it. I mean, maybe it will work. And I think that was a suggestion from Dr. Tina Bryson as well. And it was amazing. Number 13, some mom advice for you, which you probably already do. Carry a snack with you at all times. A lot of times for me or for my kids, it's that interoception piece where they do not realize that they are actually hungry until they get to that hangry, extreme hangry stage um which is hard for me to understand because that's not an issue for me but I know for my kids for some of them for three of the five of my kids it is very much that way where they just don't know their body isn't giving them the signals of hunger and then it just hits them hard so um, I try to carry a snack with me and it helps so much when they start to get angry if I just give them something to eat this happened yesterday with my twins I could tell they were starting to fight more. They were getting really grumpy. I made them a quick protein shake and gave it to them. And it dissipated like immediately. They were, it was like complete night and day. So I highly recommend that. Number 14 is to apologize. And it might not always work right in that heat of the moment with anger. But sometimes it does when they're just starting to ramp up. And you just say, you know what, I'm sorry. That was a misunderstanding. I didn't mean for it to be that way. Um, can we talk about it? That might be enough to sort of pull them back down, and it might not be, uh, but it might help as well. 
you might have to also wait until after they're more regulated and then apologize and repair. And number 15, um, if you can't emotion coach them, like if you're, say you're driving, see if you can change their mood by inviting them to play, to change their mindset. It's one that I often do is um, play I spy with them. So sometimes that different focus can help dissipate the anger, just like reading a book or turning on music or something like that. I did the music one just this morning, actually, um, while my kids were eating breakfast and they were starting to get kind of grumpy. I put on, they wanted to listen to Ghostbusters. So we did, and it helped a lot. But anyway, while you're driving, uh, it's easy to play I Spy. It's something you can just all do in the car together. And it just might help to just kind of shift that focus from the anger to, oh, I'm looking for something green now. And then you can revisit the feelings later when you can give attention to the child and make eye contact and have that time with them. It'll likely be easier to talk through it when they aren't in that fight, flight, or freeze mode. So I hope that those tips help. Um, and then I wanted to circle back around. I, I talked about a lot of the negative thoughts I was having over the summer. And I just wanted to end with some of the positive ones that I am trying to focus on now uh, to shift my mindset to help out. And you could write some of these down, some positive mindsets for yourself that apply to your children and your family that might help. So I will leave you with this one that I've been focusing on lately, which is, my child is incredible. He is kind and bright, and he wants to be the, the best version of himself. Like everyone else, he has weaknesses and struggles that I am helping him to strengthen, and that will give him the opportunity to learn and grow from. These weaknesses do not make him a bad kid, just like my weaknesses do not make me a bad mom. So that's kind of my, I guess you could call it a mantra, but just something that I'm trying to focus on lately that is a big shift from my kid is hard, my kid has all of these struggles, but just more, yeah, we all have weaknesses. Of course we do. But also my kid is amazing. And your kids are amazing too. We're all, we all struggle, we all have strengths, so let's just focus on those positives. So I will leave you with that, and I hope that you have a beautiful week with your family. If you are looking for access to exclusive interviews, invaluable tools, and more than 28 different parenting perspectives from some of the top experts and influencers in the world, then you do not want to miss the Raising Emotionally Healthy Families Summer, where 30 plus experts are coming together to each offer their unique perspective to empower you on your parenting journey. We are focusing on helping you learn different tools and strategies for emotional regulation for children and parents so that your child can have a brighter future. Come register for free at emotionallyhealthyfamilies.com. And of course, that link is in the show notes.